Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. I heard Eamon mention in the news bulletins a little earlier today smaller gardens and this suggestion by Glenvay Properties that it's going to be a game changer, the blueprint for solving the country's housing situation at the moment. It's been sent to the Housing Minister, Darrow O'Brien, and the idea would effectively overhaul existing regulations. But I would just like to chat to people. I mean, like if you're currently thinking or you're looking or you're bidding to buy a house, how important is the back garden? And are you willing to to go for a much smaller, smaller back garden in order to allow there maybe be an extra five to six houses within the estate? Leah's with us on the line. Leah, you are one of the people. Um, like You're currently in the process. You're trying to buy a house at the moment. What are your thoughts on um, on this plan, smaller gardens? Hi, Andrea. How yeah, um, I'm. I'm in the process of looking for a new home build, um, and one of the reasons is so that we can have a garden. And you know, we. It's kind of difficult to even think that people are suggesting to have a smaller garden um, because it's already quite small. Um, you know, if you wanted, if you didn't want to have a, a, a garden, you could get an apartment. But because we want a garden, we want a house. Yeah. Um, if, it, if it gets smaller, you're going to have less privacy. Um, and it's already small enough, as I said, you know, like, it's just, it's kind of silly that this is even being proposed. Um, yeah, I, I honestly don't even know what to say about it. Mm. It's just, it's it's mad. Do you, Leah, when when you're like, you know, when you're doing the, the scrolling through um, the, the available options, when you're trying to find something, you know, that'll suit and, and within budget, is the garden the top? Like like for you, is that in one of your, you know the way you have kind of your, the top two or three non-negotiables? Is that where gar- the garden is for you? Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily a non-negotiable, um, but it's it's nice to have it. And I'm looking at to get to get a house that I'm in for a while. It's not something that I'm going to look at and say I'm going to be here for the rest of my life. But I want this to be my first home and I want it to have all the things that I want, um, which I guess in, in the end it is a garden. So maybe it is a non-negotiable, um, but just even to, to make it smaller, it's already small enough. I see a text in here from a listener who says, I don't know anyone in a standard three-bed semi-detached who hasn't had to extend to cater for family growth because they actually can't afford to buy elsewhere. If you reduce the garden size, all it's going to do is reduce the room to expand. And like, that is a fair point because, you know, like the the garden for me in a, where you only have like the one living space, the one kitchen, sitting room, room, the garden has effectively kind of become a sort of a room like in this you know in this for the summer like it's nearly like a little a little outdoor room effectively extended uh, extended onto the house Geraldine's on the line Geraldine what's your thoughts on um, reducing garden sizes I think the whole thing is nuts in a country like ours there's plenty of land there's no reason for this kind of thing and I bet you these developers don't live in houses with small gardens like it's shocking it's, it's again it's just to get more more uh, houses more money it's greed nothing else but greed they are not thinking of the people who will be living there like I'm in my 70s and I when I was a kid I lived in a house with no front garden and a very tiny back garden and an outside loop and it was not the way to live and then when I got married myself we was originally we bought a mobile home in Chankill 
And we had a guard. We had a fair-sized guard with mobile home. And then when the kids came along, we were lucky enough to be able to buy a house uh, in Shankill with a nice garden. Yeah. And our next house, when the family grew, we we were able then to sell that house and buy a bigger house with, with a garden. And the garden is so important, particularly when your kids are young. And then when your, your kids get bigger, as you said there, the back garden becomes another room. Yeah. You know? It's, it's a, and like for mental health and everything, it's shopping. Like, like the gar- we're not, we don't live in Hong Kong. Like, Ireland isn't Hong Kong. Like, I was driving around the country this, this year, and what struck me was the amount of land that this country has. And there's so many homeless. There's so many homeless. And the derelict sites that are in Dublin that they've done nothing with. It's shocking. Like, I was up in Donegal, and there is an old hotel up in Donegal that has been derelict for five years. And nothing's been done with it. Yeah, there's something maybe, and maybe that's an, an, an area an area to look at. I see another text in here from a listener, and it's an interesting point. Like, uh, this listener says, I think some of the open spaces in the housing estates are actually far too large. I'd like to see some of the open spaces set aside for maybe community gardens, including the likes of space for community allotments, uh, perhaps even as well. Another texter suggesting maybe that's the the area where you could put uh, one or two or even three small townhouses rather than these huge, big green developments. Like, is the green development, Leah, often that you see at the front of the housing estates, is that important to you as well as having the garden? Um, yeah, I mean, the one that I'm particularly looking for at the moment doesn't have any garden in the front. It's just the back. Um, but it's still, you know, I, I, I agree in, in that. It's definitely just, it feels like a money and a greed thing at this point. Um, but yeah, it's not really necessarily the the front of the, the garden that's an issue at the moment. It's, it's the just, back. It's just the back and yeah. it's just, if, to make it smaller, you know, it's going to, as I said, have less p- privacy um, and like we're paying them to build the homes um, and they just want to take as, as much as they as Get they as many houses, get as many houses in, I know, but then people will say exactly. there's not, en- not enough houses to, um, there's not enough houses out there to buy. It'll be the other side of the argument, you know, that'll come in then too from, from texters. 1800 453 is the number um, if you want to join us here today. Look, if, I'd just like to chat to people, get get your views on this. Uh, Kieran Ferry is with us as well. Kieran's an architect. Um, Kieran, is there much to be gained in in giving people maybe, you know, five or six metres, you know, cut off or less of a back garden. Would that make that much of a difference in terms of housing development? Um, yeah, thanks, Andrea. Yeah, I, I haven't seen um, Glenbay's original report, but I've seen the newspaper reports. And what I understand is they're proposing to change the um, minimum separation distance between the backs of houses from 22 metres to 16 metres. So that's like shortening the back garden from 11 metres long to 8 metres long. So it's taking 3 metres off the back garden. And there's no doubt that that's going to um, allow denser residential developments, which is a good thing. We can build more houses. We can better serve them with public transport and so on. Um, but the claim is that this is actually going to reduce house prices as well. And I'm, I'm kind of sceptical about that, to be honest. I mean, we've seen this kind of tinkering around with housing standards and apartment standards uh, with, with previous government, with previous Minister for Housing. And if there hasn't been any... Um, appreciable reduction in in uh, house prices as a result. 
Um, and what it does lead to, you know, this constant tinkering with the regulation leads to delays in the delivery of housing. Because what happens is, you know, you might have shovel-ready schemes and have time permission uh, under the current regulations. A new regulation comes in, the developer sees, well, I can actually get more houses on this site. So I'm going to scrap that project, start again, and, and go for a dense one. And we saw that with the reduction in, in apartment size, that it, it delayed the delivery of housing over the last five or six years. And that's a real concern in, in this sort of um, tinkering with the, uh, the the standards and regulations. Um, and, you know, it, like I, I've seen the some of the reports on this in the, in the news, and it shows a nice diagram showing how you put up three meters in the garden. And that's fine. You know, I, I don't think it's, it's a huge issue, but I, I think as some of your... Um, Texters and, and, and callers have said there, it needs you need to allow that room to expand with houses. You know, people's needs change over time. Mm. You need to have that flexibility. But you also need to, if you're going to reduce um, private garden space, that needs to be offset with good quality uh, public, publicly accessible open space. Um, so and, if and you're you know, reducing, sorry, am I right then, Kieran? And saying if so, if you reduce the size of the back garden, you still need that green space, the the public open. You know, green yeah, space out the front. I, I think so. I think you know, like lots of us live in in cities with gardens that are smaller than that minimum standard, and we accept that you know because of the benefits of living in the city. But also, we've got um, in, in some cases, at least not 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 necessarily equally distributed, but we've got publicly accessible open spaces. So, if you're living in Stony Batter, for example, and you have a very small back garden or no back garden at all, but you've got Phoenix Park on your doorstep, you know that's that's a benefit that you can have there. Um, that, so, so you've got that accessible open space. So yeah. if we are going to restrict private open space, we need to make sure we've got good quality, accessible uh, public open space mm. that people can access. But I think a- there's a kind of a, there's an elephant in the room here as well. And I, maybe it's covered in the reports more detail, but I haven't seen any, any mention of it. And it's the issue of, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that these houses that Glenbay are proposing to build uh, will all have, as their houses currently have, uh, two car parking spaces in the front. Now, the reduction in the in the garden space that they're proposing uh, reduces the garden area from by about twenty to thirty square meters. Yeah, it's about a quarter. So talking about shaving about a quarter, I think, is the suggestion. Yeah, it's yeah. gone from sixty to seventy square meters down to forty square meters. But the, the difference is about twenty to thirty square meters, which coincidentally is the area that it takes to uh, provide a front driveway with two two car parking spaces in it. Um, and I think that's the elephant in the room here: the amount of space that we give over to to uh, the parking of private cars in uh, residential development. So should it just you know, be one then, one parking space, Kieran? Would that or, make a difference? Or, 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 or I've seen I've seen developments, uh, for example, in uh, in Sweden, where you would have a uh, at the entrance to a, a housing development, you would have a two or three story parking garage where people park their cars. So you couldn't even park outside the front of your house or in your own drive. Well, you, 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 you could, you could, uh, you could drive up to your house, unload your shopping, and then you put your oh, car. Oh, I don't know in, if I'd in, be on for that. Park. I'd probably yeah, no, forfeit I, I, some I, of the I, garden I, now. Then I, I'm just thinking, if we're talking about the value of of of, of space and, and you know restricting public space or restricting private yeah. space, which would you rather give up? I know, and that's the thing. The, you know, seventy square meters in yeah. your back garden, or would you rather have? A, you know, a hard paved area in front of your house. Okay, so that's, 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 that's the decision, decision people might and, have to make, right? And, and it's funny and, and because maybe that's what the market is, is pushing it that way. But you know, I I think that that's something that that should be considered uh, okay. before we start taking away private green. 
So parking, the parking space at the front of the house rather than shaving off the, the back of the garden. Uh, 1800 453 Kieran, stay with us if you don't mind because Caroline wants to join in the conversation too. Um, well, Caroline, we'll ask you, just you heard Kieran, if you had to pick between the, par- the car parking space out of the front of the house or the bigger back garden, what's your, what's your choice? I think we have to be very wary of builders and what they want to do. We have to remember what they did in the noughties and the controversy the country is going through with the houses they built. They never do anything for the people. They're self-serving. I want to know if the same builders will give up their ride-on lawnmowers, their swimming pools, their acres of gardens and gardeners to take that money and take that little bit of land off the average Irish person who's on a gerbil wheel for 40 years to pay the mortgages in this country. I think okay. it's appalling. But just, but just to specifically, yeah, well, we'll maybe just ask people about the, the garden and, and the parking spaces. And look, to be fair, like Glenvay have just, it's just a plan, a consideration, a suggestion that is being put forward up for consideration. And I should say, actually, just on, on Kieran's point too, um, like there's texts coming in from people to say, like, you're constantly giving out on the show, Andrea, about the fact that there's not enough houses for people. And yet here somebody has come up with a suggestion and everyone wants to pour cold water on it. David is with us as well. David, on the idea of smaller gardens, like, is that something that homeowners might or should consider? No, in my opinion, I think uh, the minimum being 11 metres or 22 metres between two back-to-houses, two back-to-back houses is essential because what I've learned from being a, a property developer and building residential estates is that a couple get together, they save hard, they get a mortgage and they buy a home, but they can very quickly outgrow that home if it's very small, if it's very restricted in terms of internal space and external space. So what we should be doing is what I do, which is I make sure that I future-proof the houses that I build for my customers by making sure that they have a decent-sized garden, nice space between the houses that are semi-detached houses, not the bare minimum if I could get away with it. And also I future-proof the houses by uh, building in planning permission for extensions out the back and into the attic space. So if they buy a two-bedroom house for me, it, it already will have the planning permission for a three-bedroom house. A three-bedroom can become a four-bedroom house, mm. and a four-bedroom can become a five-bedroom house. And that's the way we should be thinking, because uh, if you squeeze the life out of an estate, if you squeeze all the space as tight as possible, you end up creating a, a negative legacy later on in that estate, in my opinion because people become unhappy, they become congested. By the time you add in cars for, you know, the second person in the house, or even that couple have kids and those kids might want to learn how to drive, and next thing you have a third car, and it becomes a problem over time if you start too tight. That's my opinion. Kieran, you're an architect, and you're, I mean, you're listening to David there. Like, is, is that the way forward in terms of, like, I suppose the question today is around looking at whether or not the building standards should be reconsidered. But is David's suggestion another option? Well, I, I think the, uh, the idea of building in um, adaptability into a house is a really important one. A lot of the work I do is on refurbishment of houses, particularly houses that are built in the 1930s and 40s on Dublin. And those houses are particularly, uh, the design of those houses is particularly robust. People still want to buy those houses because you can adapt them, you can extend them. They have, I mean, if you look at the houses around Crumlin, for example, they do have quite long back gardens. Uh, and that was to allow people to grow their own vegetables. But, it, it, you know, it's also, and that, that's something that might come back in again, um, the, the way things are going now, but it's also, it also creates that flexibility that people can extend. And people, because your house, the needs for your housing adapt 
throughout your life. And you shouldn't have to move house because your family size has changed. Um, you know, you shouldn't have to move house. Because you should be able to extend it, yeah. You should be able to adapt your house to suit your needs over time. That's the more sustainable way of doing it. Mm. So I would agree uh, to a degree with what uh, there about D- David, just an email in here from a listener who's wondering, how would a smaller garden reduce the price of a three-bed house? And do we know that the builder will definitely pass that on? Like, I didn't assume today there'd be any suggestion that, you know, if we'd smaller gardens, the house would be cheaper. I just assumed there'd be more houses in the complex. Yeah, I, I would think it would be wrong to assume that just because a developer gets permission for smaller gardens, that it will translate into lower prices. But if they, they will say the intention behind what I, I'm assuming the intention behind Glen Bay's proposal is that, well, you make better use of what you've got. Yeah. So yeah. I, I wouldn't knock that as a principle, but I think it would be wrong to ignore the effect that will have on the lifestyle and the enjoyment of the okay. house by the occupants. So I think uh, it will take a lot more than shortening gardens from 11 metres to 8 metres to bring up supply sufficiently to stabilise prices. Yeah, well, they also mentioned, I think, proposing more tightly packed streets and fewer apartments as well uh, to deal with it. Kieran, I should say, you've really um, stirred up an entirely different conversation there with your point about maybe people looking at the two parking spaces outside the house. We were here today to talk about the size of the gardens, but people aren't people aren't happy with your your idea of keeping... can be a motive, an emotive thing. Oh, it is, Pardon, yeah. Certainly, yeah. Yeah, this texture here, for instance, um, says, it sounds like, you know, suburbia we're talking about. The thoughts of giving up the car park space or the garden, it's pure madness. I'm listening to Kieran, and I genuinely think we're like we're living in Manhattan all of a sudden. Yeah, but, well, uh, I suppose Andrew, if you think about where we're building uh, new developments now, I mean, there's recently been an announcement of a, a new town, essentially, in Clumber. That's right, yeah. Uh, which is going to be on a suburban rail line um, it's going to be well served by public transport. You look at um, Cherrywood, which has the, the Lewis line, and where it has all the facilities close by. So it has schools, it has shops, it has employment, it has um, public transport links to places uh, like Sandyford and, and the city centre. So you know, it, it's not it's not unrealistic. I think that people could uh, reduce their car usage and maybe even have. Uh, you know, one car families or even no car families. It, it, you know, it, it does happen. There, there are huge parts of the, the city centre where yeah. car ownership is very low. It is. And if we if we plan these developments correctly and we plan them properly so that people can, you know, bring their kids to school, walk their kids to school or cycle their kids to school, providing that safe infrastructure and that that, that uh, allows for that, that the, the car dependency that we have at the moment can be eased and we, we shouldn't need to be building uh, or, or allowing for two or, or more cars per house, you know that that's that's got to change. Well, it's anyway, certainly so. it's it's an interesting conversation uh, and a topic for discussion. I can see the messages coming in, gear and people, and the it's all of a sudden it shifted now from the back garden to the uh, the front car park and space. But we'll have to leave it there for the minute. Architect Kieran Ferry, uh, David, to all the callers, Leah. Um, and uh, Caroline as well and uh, and uh, uh, I mentioned Leah I did indeed yeah, mention Leah um, thanks a million Geraldine too for getting in touch with us here on the programme Connor and Sligh was wondering on the building issue have I missed something or why is the focus on building more houses in Dublin and bigger cities the infrastructure is inadequate the capital's running short and many supplies why don't they start looking at other towns and cities that are also options instead of the capital Dublin um, it's look it's 
it's not just for the um, Glenvey. I know, I know they've presented this plan to the housing minister, but it was in general, it was to overhaul existing regulations to allow all developers shave more than a quarter off the distance between the rears of houses. Uh, lunchtime live at newstalk.com. That's the email address if you want to get in touch with us here on the programme today. This Friday afternoon, tomorrow, in fact, we are going to give away €50,000 to one of our lucky listeners. If you manage to answer the phone when we call after 3pm, you've got to answer within five rings, though. That's the catch. It's going to cost you 250 plus your standard message to play. You need to be over 18. Details, they're on the website, newstalk.com. And um, yeah... What bit did I forget to mention? It's going to cost you 250 and your standard message rate. I did say you need to be over 18. Text play to 57557. This Friday, we're guaranteeing one person is going to win 50,000 euro. Still to come on the programme, well, from face sun creams, dealing with acne, skin toning, Jennifer Rock is going to be in to answer your skin-related queries. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.